Hello and welcome to the Try Talking Sport podcast hosted by me, Joanne Murphy. Whether you are an athlete, adventurer, endurance enthusiast or simply have an interest in sport, you have come to the right place for inspiration, encouragement, motivation and as always, plenty of entertainment. It's Women in Sport Week this week and it was International Women's Day yesterday, so there is lots going on here. Last week, we partnered with Gillian Mooney, a performance nutritionist with Team Joe Barr for our female performance nutrition event. And it was a super session. I really learned a lot from it and have plenty of changes and tweaks to make to my own nutrition to get the most from my training and recovery. On Monday this week, we launched the new Try Talking Sport website and the Performance Hub. If you haven't had a chance to check them out, take a little nosy around www.trytalkingsport.com and let me know what you think. The Performance Hub still needs plenty of love and content. We'll be building out the platform over the coming weeks and months. You can expect lots of great articles, a new podcast, online and in-person events and lots more over the coming weeks. Big shout out to the team at Proactive Design and Marketing in Galway, especially Jess and Melissa who did all the design work and web development, taking my vision for the site and making it even better. The Sandy Mount night run took place last night. It was great fun and lovely to see so many people out and about enjoying the event and the atmosphere. I'm delighted to be working with the Bear Events team on a few of their events this year, so you'd never know where you may hear or see me over the coming months. Speaking of Bear Events, we have partnered with them to celebrate Women in Sport Week, so be sure to check out our socials for the chance to win an entry for your favourite female for the Joe Duffy BMW Clontarf half marathon and five mile taking place on the 2nd of July. Plus, we have a few other tricks up our sleeve and plans in place with Bear Events, so hashtag watch this space. There are lots of prizes to be won this week across the Try Talking Sport Facebook and Instagram, so be sure to check them out. I'm hosting the Triathlon Ireland Women in Sport webinar this evening at 8pm with a super lineup of panellists. It is sure to be insightful, informative and entertaining. You can find out more and sign up to the free session on www.trytalkingsport.com. Finally, don't forget we have a 25% discount on all Castle Race Series events in Ireland and the UK for the 2022 season. Use the code TTS25. 2022 on www.castleraceseries.com to avail of the discount. Plus, we have 15% discount for all Newasan products on www.newasan.com. Use the code TTS15 to get the discount. I'm still religiously using the CBD Muscle Gel and I love it. I haven't much training done the last week or so. I did get on the bike once or twice last week, but that was about the height of it. Two weekends ago, I took part in the final event of the Galway Bay Cycling Club Bog Trials and the following day went to Newport in Mayo for the Rocky Mountain High Gravel Race and had great fun at both events. I can confirm I'm addicted to the gravel bike. It was such a good impulse buy and I can't wait to go on some more adventures over the coming months. I'm off to Lanzarote this Monday for a few days with the gang from Galway Tri Club and also taking part in Oliver Harkin's warm weather training camp at Sands Beach. I'm sure it will be some shock to the system considering my complete lack of running and swimming in recent weeks. But I am looking forward to kickstarting some triathlon training and enjoying some work and play in the sunshine. Now to this week's guests, Alice Sharp and Mia Griffin, Irish professional cyclists, joined me on the show to share stories from their careers in cycling. Representing Ireland on the track and racing with the Belgian-based Irish continental team IBCT, they have embraced a life in cycling that has seen them excel in a sport that only a few years ago wasn't even on their radar. Mia, a former Kilkenny Camogie player, came to cycling through the Cycling Ireland Talent Transfer Programme and swapped her hurley and slitter on the GA pitch for a bike, fast racing and an indoor track just five years ago and has never looked back. Alice is a swimmer turned triathlete who took to crit racing before trying her hand at track racing. Both cyclists now race as part of the Irish track cycling team and as part of the IBCT on both the road and the track. 
Alice, the former National Irish Road Champion in 2019, and Mia, who won bronze in the individual pursuit in the Under-23 European Track Championships in 2020, are part of the Irish team who claimed a bronze medal in the 4K Women's Team Pursuit at the European Track Cycling Championships in Switzerland last year, setting a new national record in the process, along with teammates Kelly Murphy and Emily Kay. Currently based in Belgium, Mia and Alice are living, training and racing together as they pursue their passion for cycling and focus on getting to Paris in 2024. The teammates have a friendship and camaraderie that sees them encourage, inspire and support each other to be the best that they can be in sport and in life. Watch this space. These Irish girls are powering up the pedals to go full gas in pursuit of their goals and dreams. Now grab a cuppa and enjoy the show. Alice Sharp and Mia Griffin, welcome to the Try Talking Sport podcast, ladies. How are you and where are you? Hello, uh, we're in Belgium at the minute. We're just here doing some of the spring classics. So we had opening weekend there last weekend. So yeah, we've been pretty busy. Yeah, start of our season. Mia, what's in the cup? Uh, it's just some tea in the cup. But I have another cup with some coffee as well. So <laughs> I have the two cups going at the same time. <laughs> and is it Barry's or Lion's tea? Oh, no, you'll be disappointed. It's only a mint tea. I actually think we should cut this interview short right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. We will forgive you. I'm delighted to have you both on the show. We are celebrating International Women's Day and Women in Sport Week in Ireland. So who better to be on the show than two of Ireland's top professional female cyclists representing Ireland on the international stage. But it hasn't always been cycling that you have both embraced as sports. Do you want to tell us a little bit about your background in sport generally and how you ended up in cycling? For me, I was a camogie player for many years since I was since I was a young girl. I suppose it's it's really big in Kilkenny, so it was nearly had to be done. I had a hurl in my hand since I was really young. But then I kind of stumbled across cycling by chance in my leave insert year. Uh, there was an advertisement by Cycling Ireland for a talent transfer programme that um was testing girls and bringing them into track cycling so I didn't even really know what track cycling was so I had to like search up YouTube videos to see like what I was getting myself into then kind of learned how to ride a bike on the track first and then have veered off towards the road and I'm doing track as well but yeah it was kind of a, a whirlwind of a transition and a fast so, learning curve yeah I was going to say so when so you are 23 now so when were you brought on to that Cycling Ireland talent program I was 18 at the time in five years you have excelled in the sport of cycling more or less <laughs> and can I ask you know I suppose with Camogie we know that there's a lot of explosive power a lot of running a lot of uh, high speed sprinting on the pitch do you think did that transfer well across into cycling and is that where you already had a good grounding in fitness and explosive power to go across into cycling. Would that have been part of the success at the start? Yeah, I think for sure. Like I, I definitely would have been stronger at the parts, the fast parts, maybe on the sprints and stuff. And I would have really, really struggled on the endurance part. Anything that was over an hour, I just would have died. And like, I'm, I'm, I'm still um, trying to build up endurance, but I've come a long way in the, at the past number of years but definitely I I would have been stronger at the more explosive aspects at the start for sure. 
I'm going to come back and ask you all about the terminology around track cycling, because if I'm like anybody else who doesn't really understand it, we definitely want to find out a bit more about what each of the bits of terminology mean around Madison and team pursuit and individual pursuit. But before we do that, I want to talk to you, Alice, about your career in sport and how you ended up in cycling. Were you not a swimmer and a triathlete before you became a cyclist? Yeah, so I swam since I was like maybe eight or so competing yeah, in clubs and galas and all. Um, and then I started doing triathlon when I was like 11, which was, yeah, pretty young. And when I was doing it, then it was really like super niche. And like, I remember saying it to people, and they'd be like, what even is that? And I'd be like, oh, first you swim, then you bike, and then you run. So it's definitely gotten way more popular now. Like, I think it's pretty common for people to have done a triathlon now. Um, but yeah, I did that from 11 until 21 or so. Um, and that was my final year at university and I just started doing some local crit races um and yeah I was doing it to like improve uh my bike part for the triathlon because I was doing like the drafting races so I thought it'd help but I actually just was enjoying it way more than <laughs> doing the triathlon and I could kind of see I think I'd gotten stuck at a level in triathlon and I could see a pathway then in the cycling um and yeah my dad's from Northern Ireland so I was lucky enough to be able to pick if I would ride like who I could ride for um, and that yeah led me on to join the team pursuit team which is with Mia and yeah now we're on the same road team too. <laughs> yeah so is it just the two of you from Ireland on the same road team you're with IBCT or are there more of the Irish girls on the road team as well? Yeah there's also Fiona and Megan they're away at the moment so they haven't been with us in the last two races but yeah they'll join us for the rest of yeah. the season. But out of the track girls it's um it's just me and Alice on on this road team yeah. Okay, so I don't know where to go with this interview in terms of what we'll (laughs) talk about, because I really want to know more about the whole track side, but then I want to know more about the road side as well. So I think based on my lack of knowledge on track and team pursuit and all of that, I think we'll go down that road for the moment and see where it leads us. Explain to me, what is team pursuit? (laughs) So there's four riders on the track and we cover a 4K distance and really the aim is to cross the line in the fastest time three riders only need to cross the line and the time is taken on the third rider to cross the line yeah so the four of you are going around the track together literally behind each other yeah yeah and then it gets like it gets a lot more complicated then when you go into the the depths of it um so basically you have four riders but each rider has I would say very different attributes that they bring to the team for example well Alice is a very versatile rider I'd say she could go kind of anywhere really in the team but usually the person who starts would be like the person who's the most like sprint type rider and their job is to get off the line fast and get us up to speed and then the girl who rides in second she just has to carry that speed and then the girls who ride in three and four, they do like the the long pulls and at a very steady pace. They're kind of like the donkeys yeah. who do the big grunt work and the other girls would be the speed that okay. gets the team up to speed. Yeah. Yeah. So what positions do you ride in then on the team? So Mia rides in either one or two and I'm usually three. But these like positions are kind of set in stone, but also they can change depending mm-hmm. on injury or who other yeah. members of the team are riding on. As you're cycling around the track, are you slipping in and out of the slipstream then? So the rider number two will move into position one and rider one will slip back to four? Yeah, or... 
yeah. kind of like a chain gang. Is that the way it works? Yeah, yeah. I suppose that that's the like most comparable thing. So you change on the banking, which is the steepest part of the track there. So you'd peel up there at the end of your turn and you slot back from rider one to rider four at the back of the line when your turn is finished. And that's yeah. usually established before the ride starts. You'll say, Mia, you're doing an opening lap, which is going to be two and a quarter laps of the track. And then she'd change and pass on to the next rider and she gets back into the line there. Are you all mic'd up together talking to each other or is there a coach in your ear or is this no, all no. just literally roaring so, at each other on the track? There's a coach that's at the side of the track and he's um, he's calling lap splits. We're just like watching him. And if he like, he won't say many things to us because we're not going to be able to take so much in when it's such a short space of time. So usually it has to come from one of the riders. So usually we we normally get, say, one rider like Alice to say, to make the calls so that there's just one person making the calls because otherwise it can get really chaotic. And we have we have a few cues and one of them is steady. One of them is up and hold. Yeah. <laughs> and what sort of speeds do you get up to on the track? What do we ride at? Like 50k an hour in the Yeah, TV? I think so. Something, yeah. I think. To be honest, we just go to lap splits. I have no idea yeah. how fast we should go. <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong, there's no brakes on these bikes? No, no. No, no. Yeah. Which actually, I think it sounds more scary than it actually is. It makes... Uh, you're able especially in team pursuit it's very predictable really what's happening like you can we know each other so well as well you're able to see in their body language like if somebody in front of you is tired you're able to kind of predict the speed so yeah it's not dangerous in that aspect because and also you're not changing gear so really unless somebody absolutely has no legs and dies then the speed is always constant Constant, or within a few and then the other question I have for you um, is around the heart rate and numbers. Do you wear heart rate monitors? Yeah, we do. Um, but you wouldn't be able to look at that during the race. You're actually not allowed the computer to be there in front of you. Um, so it's important for analysing the ride afterwards. We'd look at power and heart rate. But um, yeah, during yeah. the race, it doesn't. And I think kind of usually looking at the heart rate after a TP would just tell you, oh, you're a full gas, yeah. which we'd be like, I know. <laughs> Um, so I think um, a better indicator I think of the of the TP would be watts Mm -hmm. so we have parameters on the track bikes and then we can analyze what watts we did while we were on the front because when you're on the front of the team pursuit you're doing a lot more watts than when you're in the wheels and then other things come into that like the air pressure and all of these things like contribute to as to why the ride was faster or slower mm-hmm. it doesn't yeah and I guess your factors. gear and your aerodynamics and your fit and everything on the bike is hugely important in ensuring that you get the maximum benefit from your position as well yeah for sure for sure like we we have put some time into making sure that our CDA is quite good it definitely wouldn't be up there with anything that Big is the best in the yeah. world but I think we have we have decent CDAs. Okay, so tell um, me what a CDA is, or do I sound really stupid? No. <laughs> a CDA is basically, it's a number, which is the value for how much space you're taking up when you're cutting through the air. So it's basically the, the value for how aero you are. Okay, I learned something <laughs> new every day. I'm learning lots today. Um <laughs> Alice, the move from, say, triathlon, crit racing into track racing, 
was it scary move? And then Mia, you pretty much learned how to cycle a bike in, in your adult life on the track. Were you scared? Because I would be absolutely shitting it going at 50 kilometers an hour on the tail of another girl who's doing 50 kilometers an hour with no brakes. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think sometimes the naivety kind of carries you a long way. I think I, I, I guess I'm different to me. I knew how to ride a bike. But in my first track session, I was just kind of thinking like, oh, how hard can it be? Like I can ride a bike. But I do remember being up on the boards being like, how the hell am I going to get back down here and like cling onto the wall and unclip? So, yeah, I remember thinking like, well, this is just me for forever now, just flinging around the boards here. <laughs> um, <laughs> and especially there in our first World Cups, like oh, we were taken to big competitions very early, like in our yeah track careers and um in the warm-ups and all you'd be on the track with I guess 30 or so other riders from other nations and we'd be in our team pursuit line so you're already taking up a large portion of the track and you need to try and move as a four so it's kind of a big snaky train moving around so I think that was kind of stressful and terrifying but it was kind of like you were put in at the deep end so we learned quickly I guess it was yeah do or die yeah (laughs) a baptism of fire yeah yeah I remember the first track sessions like we were we were so bad technically (laughs) the the people who came in for for talent transfer that like every time we went to a track session we'd be like I hope one of us doesn't crash today there was always like one crash at the training session and like somebody who just like slipped down from the banking because they weren't going fast enough or something and also I remember me and Alice's first Madison (laughs) we were so scared before it we didn't like tighten our back our back sprockets on properly and we went to go up on the track and both of our sprockets just fell off (laughs) and we had to we had to go back into the track center and then tighten them up and And we were just shaking we forgot to put our gloves on which are which is like key when you're doing a track race we were just shitting ourselves and um we went up and we did the race and it was like it was an outdoor track so it was quite like bumpy and and scary and everything we survived we came fifth just from just from avoiding the whole carnage of it I don't think we did we didn't do any attacks we just (laughs) we just tried to survive yeah (laughs) so you brought a new word into my world when you mentioned Madison so we've had the team pursuit so tell us what's the Madison because that's two riders yeah, so you're paired up quite often. Me and Mia would ride together, and um, yeah, I suppose if you know what a points race is or anything, uh, you're trying to score points collectively together, and you'd be transferring the speed to between one another as you change, like with a hand sling. Um, and then there are sprints every 10 laps, and so you'd be trying to get points in those. Um, and if you're a good rider, then you'd be setting the fastest person up to take those sprints. And the point. Okay, so yeah. in the team pursuit, it's four kilometers, and there's only four riders, say from Ireland, and four riders from France on opposite sides of the track. It's only two teams on the track. Yeah. So how many laps of the track is four kilometers? 16. That's sixteen. Okay, so then you move to the Madison. You talk about the hand sling. So that's a rider pulling another rider and giving them the whoosh to yes. go through. <laughs> yeah. So how many laps of the track do you do if you do sprints every ten laps? 120 yeah 120 laps of the track yeah yeah sometimes races are a bit shorter but yeah yeah sometimes they can be 80 but like at worlds it's 120 and at Mm -hmm. the olympics and how long does it take to do a team pursuit race in time versus a madison race in time 
So our best time for TP, which we really want to break now, <laughs> because is four twenty one point one, and we've done twenty one like four times, mm-hmm. but we point one, <laughs> so we need to go under that. But um, for a Madison, I think for the women, it's like thirty to forty minutes. Yeah, so they're quite different yeah. in the kind of requirements for each uh yeah each race but they do kind of complement each other because you're still doing a lot of endurance training to be able to do the team pursuit to Mm -hmm. be able to produce the power for that amount of time but yeah just even mentally they're very different races like the team pursuit is so you know exactly what's going to happen like you kind of you've been told your lap splits you need to ride you know what what's you need to ride the cadence and the turns that you're going to be doing so it's very as long as you've done it in training, more or less that same thing will be replicated on race day. Whereas Madison is so much more unpredictable. Obviously, there are more people on the track, which is a variable in itself. And then, yeah, you don't know how each team will ride those races. Maybe someone goes to try and take a lap and you can't do anything about that. And you would, yeah. your strategy that you've thought of before doesn't work out on the day. So, yeah, I think it's exciting to be able to do both. But, yeah, they're very different skill sets. Mm. So, say in, in the Madison... Um... You, you mentioned you'd have your tactics, but what about having to have tactics on the fly and how you communicate what's going to happen? Or is it literally yeah. just go hell for leather again for that 30 No, yeah, it, it definitely, because we did a Madison in um, in Portugal, I think was it a month and a half ago yeah. now. But while we were riding, Alice was saying, okay, go for this this sprint now or relax relax now and the only time that we meet each other is when we're going handsling so we have like maybe a second or so maybe less than a second to try and like communicate with each other yeah and I'm just like watching for how fast Alice is Alice is riding and where she is in the bunch so that I can come in at the right time to to change with Alice and then from there we yeah we do our quick quick communication like go for this sprint don't Mm -hmm. go for this sprint yeah try and get five points here whatever things like that and I think the more time you spend together like we know each other so well that I'd be able to tell if me is going well yeah if if I could see she was dying or the same for me then I would I wouldn't need to say anything to her we'd be able to kind of read each other's body language and know that okay, we'll just chill now and we'll go for the sprint after that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that but, was my, my next question actually was going to be, you know, the dynamic between the two of you and knowing each other's body language and that, mm-hmm. I suppose, non-verbal communication um, that you would have between you, whether it's in the team pursuit aspect or uh, in the Madison, it must play a huge role in the success of the team. Yeah, 100%. I think me and Alice know each other really well in that aspect mm-hmm. and we definitely in the team pursuit as well we can tell we can tell when one of us is on a a good day or whether we're having like an average day um and yeah then we can adapt to that really quickly yeah I think it's one of the strengths of the whole of the team pursuit program and how we've been able to achieve what we were able to last season I think it was just everyone gives a hundred percent and trusts each other and that's what you need in team pursuit because you're really emptying yourself every time you're on the front and when you're getting back into the line you need to know that the next person is going to give that level of commitment and while you're in the wheels you're able to recover so I'd say like yeah trust and knowing each other inside out is a huge part of that and it's definitely for like simple things like say say if I'm if I'm doing a change Alice Alice is always behind me so 
I know how fast I can slot back in because I know like when where her wheel is going to be um, in comparison to the person behind her and it's always the same. Mm-hmm. So you can always trust that and then you don't have to think when you're changing. You can just slot back in with basically not even looking and yeah, just have like an instinct of that. Yeah. It's fascinating. Yeah, I hope what we're saying is making sense because yeah. in your head, I think there's a lot of things that like yeah, maybe it's a bit weird. Yeah, you no, just no, not do. Because I know, I know, we were joking before we started recording the podcast about how I was googling Madison and Teen Pursuit yeah. and Visual Pursuit, and I was a little bit stressed out about my lack of knowledge coming in to talk to you because obviously I wanted to know a little bit about all of the bits and pieces. But you've explained everything in simple language and simple terms that even for somebody like me who didn't have a clue, I feel like I now understand it, and that when I watch it again and I go back and I watch a video or I look at a race that you're doing that I'll actually understand what's happening you have a little bit of knowledge of road racing a little bit of knowledge of ultra racing gravel bike racing but this stuff on the track it's it's just so different to everything else that we do outside Mm -hmm. that it is actually fascinating I want to ask you about uh, the amount of training that you would do together as a team of four. Now, I know that you finished in fifth last year at the World Championships, um, but I want to ask you about riding with the other girls and how you duplicate that relationship that you as a pair have, Alice and Mia, when you are riding with the other two riders who were on the team at the time. So, and I know it hasn't been the same extra two riders at every single race that you've done. So how do you duplicate that relationship that you have with the extra riders outside of the two of you, if that makes sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think our relationship comes from the whole group. So we've created a very good culture, I think, within the five of us. So there's me, Mia, Kelly, Lara and Emily. Um, And yeah, we've worked hard with our previous coach, Brian, and also the psychologist to really like create a strong culture and identity, which if any new riders come in, we're like kind of inducting them into this like positive culture where we're looking out for one another. And I think the main thing really is that we expect 100% from ourselves, but also from one another. And if if I feel like someone isn't giving 100%, it's okay to like question that and ask why they're not and if there's anything you can do to help them. So I think we have like quite a high level of maybe criticism, but it's it comes from a place of of like this. Constructive. Yeah, yeah. this is what we need to call out in uh, in order to improve the team. So I think that just makes us very honest with one another and that's ultimately what you need to be able to do to go faster. And I yeah. guess if you can't deal with the pressurized questions around constructive criticism, how are you going to deal with the pressure of the team pursuit or the Madison or individual mm-hmm. pursuit, whatever it is that you're doing, or even if you're you're road racing? Speaking of road racing, talk to me about where that's at at the moment and what you're doing. Yeah, so we're riding with our road team at the moment, which is um, it's an Irish continental team, but we're Belgian based. So we're doing like the spring classics now at the moment and um, the season has just started. So we have like a number of a number of races to do on the cobbles on the well. cobbles yeah <laughs> wow okay. on the cobbles gravel bikes steep, anybody steep climbs <laughs> yeah no gravel bikes we don't have that level of comfort <laughs> yeah and um I must say from the start of the season the bunch has been yeah crazy the girls have been insane it's been like really really aggressive aggressive racing, aggressive racing. Mm-hmm. What, what's changed I don't know I don't know what people are 
what people are doing this year but they seem to just be coming into the season like I want to prove myself yeah and um you can really you can really feel it in the bunch I think just like even the safety in the bunch is like not really a priority for people yeah I think there's been like a lot of crashes a lot of mechanicals yeah yeah things like that you name it (laughs) how do you deal with the pressure going into the road race or the pressure going into the team pursuit races is there extra pressure when you're racing for your country versus racing for your team I think it's different pressure I feel on the track it's very high pressured because especially in the team pursuit like the race is so short and every moment is so critical like if you mess that up the whole ride is kind of ruined whereas on the road it's a little bit more forgiving obviously if you miss that crucial breakaway then that's race over but there is there's other members of the team who may be able to close the gap and and you know like those mistakes can be kind of covered up a bit more or there's time to fix it Mm -hmm. so I guess it's yeah a different level of pressure but no I think whatever jersey you pull on you want to do the best for yourself and to represent that organization the best that you can but yeah definitely different pressure when you hear those tp beeps like there's literally no stress like it yeah I think I think it's just like the track is like the road just like heavily concentrated Mm. and it's like just the pressure is it's just from things like everyone is in the track center so you're you're doing your warm-up in the track center and then you're you're sitting in some chairs and yeah. you're waiting to go up for your race. Um, you feel like all eyes are, are yeah. on you then. Nobody's actually looking at you because yeah. they're all doing their own warm-up. But it's, yeah, like you're saying, it's very yeah. intense. It's very intense. How do you deal with that intensity? You know, what's going uh, through your head when you're sitting there, the four of you are sitting there, ready to go. You're in your Irish colours. There's national records ready to be broken. There's podiums to be stepped upon. There's There's races to be won. What's going through your head when you're sitting there? I think just we train really hard mm-hmm. and then you just sit on the start like sometimes you're just on the start line and you just calm just flows over you because yeah. you're like I literally couldn't have done any more yeah like, the only time I feels- ever feel nervous is if I know we haven't prepared and yeah. we've never been to a competition and not been prepared so like Mia saying you yeah you almost are like well we've trained for this this is the moment to show what we've been training for and get it all out yeah and you're almost just like let's just do this yeah (laughs) get it out um (laughs) that's me as a pre-race vibe for sure she's like like a bulldog coming out (laughs) (laughs) she's like a terrier Um, (laughs) she is no if you get her too hyped before the race because she's quite often a starter we'll not see her again she'll be like (laughs) (laughs) rev it up there Mia. oh god yeah Yeah. before europeans oh god um, (laughs) we had a new coach he was he didn't know me yet he didn't know me at all and um he put me in another race just before our final for the for the bronze medal write-off um at the europeans and the race he put me in was such a crashy race i was just at the back of it like please don't crash before the team pursuit like i did not give a shit about this race i was yeah. just like i just want to do the team pursuit so i didn't race the race and i came down and i had so <laughs> much adrenaline the race was that the tp race was then like 40 minutes later so i didn't have too much for warm-up because i already had warmed up for the other race but then when i got on the start line for the team pursuit i was hyped like hyped like <laughs> nothing like else shaking. I was like I was like shaking we went and the beeps went down and I was like beep 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 and I did a false start 
Alice and all, everyone has to like stay calm. So I was like, calm myself down. Like you can only do one false start. It's not like a legs when you're like, just eliminate it straight away. So then we had to redo it. And then we set off and it was fine. But to say that I did not feel a thing during that race is like literally no exaggeration. I was like <laughs> numb from being hyped. <laughs> yeah, it was an important ride. So, yeah. But anyway, it didn't matter. It all worked out and we got the prize. Yeah. So. <laughs> is, is, is every ride an important ride in Team Pursuit? Yeah, definitely. I think as well, it's different to road racing where you there's not as many opportunities to race. So every time you do race, you want it to be a perfect ride. And it quite often is leading to something. So those Nations Cups are the things that are, enable you to get into Europeans and Worlds, which ultimately qualify you for the Olympics. So, yeah, they're all like high pressure races in that sense. Yeah. And also like the first ride of the day, you have to do a good ride to get into the second ride and you have to do a good ride in the second one to get into the third one. And you want to do three rides to make it worth your while because they're only four minutes long. Exactly. It's a big journey otherwise. (laughs) And you might have gone to like Hong Kong or something (laughs) to ride your bike for four minutes. (laughs) Well, I guess it's better than running on a track for 10 seconds. Not true. Yeah. 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 Still though, in your road racing team, how many women are on the team? I think there's 12 of us. Is there 12? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, a few Germans. Where else is even everybody from? An Australian rider, a British rider, and Finnish rider. Yeah, yeah. It's it's really nice, actually, all the different yeah. cultures. And did I see you in kit for uh, track cycling in your road cycling team's gear? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So sometimes for track competitions, they're called C1s and C2s. And so these races, you don't usually represent your country in those because they're point scoring competitions. So you go to the C1s and C2s to be able to score points, to be able to ride at the Nations Cups, um, which is when we would be wearing our Irish jerseys. Mm-hmm. Okay. Very complicated. Yeah, that, 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 de- that definitely I'm not delving into, right? Yeah. yeah. What I would like to know is how do you get to the Olympics? Well, <laughs> uh, I guess for every discipline it's different, but for team pursuit, you need to finish in, I think it's still remaining the same, the top eight in the world rankings on the closing date before the Olympics. So yeah. I think it's usually the world championships before. And have we our eyes on Paris 2024? Yes, yes. for sure. Yeah, Definitely. that's the goal. Are all eyes, are all roads leading to Paris, are all tracks leading <laughs> to Paris at the moment? Like, where do you draw the line in terms of your road career and your track career like how do you balance that as we get closer to qualification for the olympics your team in uh, ibct is going to want certain performances from you but your federation cycling ireland and yourselves are going to want to wear the green jersey for ireland in the olympics so how do you balance that little bit of a conundrum so i guess uh we're lucky with our road team they're very understanding of like our commitments with the track because to be honest that's our main priority the road kind of supplements like it's obviously good training and fitness for that so yeah I think Ken who is the manager of that understands he works with Belgium cycling so he understands what we need to do in order to qualify for the Olympics um on the track so yeah I guess we're fortunate they both work well together I guess as we come closer to the Olympics it will become clear if we are going to be able to qualify the team pursuit and if we aren't then we can focus more back onto the road racing I guess it's nice to have that as a backup it works well together yeah I suppose the road definitely does complement the track so the guys that um coach us for the track are very motivated to have us riding on the road as well Mm -hmm. 
You mentioned earlier, Mia, about your needing to build endurance because your explosive power was quite good. So how do you fare on the road in the bunch with the girls? Would Alice be slightly ahead of you or would she be pulling you along or would it be vice versa? How does that all work in the team? Yeah, I would say that Alice is ver- has a very strong engine and that wouldn't be my strongest point. It's definitely getting mm. getting better now, but yeah, still something that I need to work on. And often like Alice does help me out in the bunch and she's always a good wheel to follow. And like I trust her wheel. So and she she knows her way around the bunch and I know that she's strong. So well, I guess we work well together uh, again on the road because we're able to we know each other's wheels and body language well from the track. So we've been working well together on doing lead outs for the sprints and stuff in yeah. some of the races. So I, I forgot to ask, actually, I know track came first for you, Mia. And then how did you end up in the road? And then Alice, what was your journey to track and road? I kind of ended up on the road because Brian thought that it would be good. And then I was like, oh, I actually really like this. It's quite it's quite fun. Um and then I was really bad in the road races at first and I um, used to always get dropped all the time, just constantly. And then I started to get dropped, being dropped a bit less um, as I built better endurance. And I found a good team that was a club team and then they turned into continental team and now get to do the biggest races in the world on the on the road. So, yeah. Alice, you, you came from triathlon to crit racing to road racing because you are former national champion here in Ireland and then did the track pursuit stuff come um kind of a bit in between all of that so I started doing the crit racing and then I think I did a season where I still was honoring like a triathlon contract commitment but I was also doing a lot more road racing and at the end of that year I was actually working um at a world cup which Mia was their first world cup um so I was the volunteer manager at this world cup and um, I was delivering these crates of water to their pen to the Irish pen and um they just had a ride and the ride hadn't gone that well and I was speaking to one of the coaches and I was like I would love to do this like I'd I'd love to be in this team pursuit team he was like what really like this what just happened here on the track and I was like yeah I'd love to and anyway this was in like maybe the October or something and in the January I joined them there on a track camp in Mallorca and then I just yeah I didn't leave and carried on (laughs) so I guess it was like a weird turn of events and then at the same time I was doing the road and the track stuff. So what is it about cycling in general that has you now both as professional cyclists. What is it about the sport that you absolutely love that has seen you pursue this career? I just think it's really addictive. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. Yeah, I like. It's I like feel like we're, we're in so deep now as well. Like I have to see this through. Like we've yeah, you put in so much work um, that if you have one bad day, you just think you know there's going to be another good day, and it it it's all worth it. Like yeah. when we won that bronze there in in Grenchen um I think just all of the sacrifice and everything finally felt like it was it was worth it like you could see the fruits of your labor and everything yeah we were just waiting for that break for a long time and Brian and Tommy had been working on it for just so long and then it just it just eventually came out and then once you see that it's just another thing that just kind of hooks you and yeah I guess yeah you're chasing that feeling again you're like (laughs) I want that again and and was there a sense of relief as well as pride and and uh celebration when you 
took that bronze medal because that was a massive achievement to get. Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, when we first started this program, a lot of people at home didn't believe we would ever be good enough. And I remember the first time we competed, everyone said how awful we were and mm-hmm. how embarrassed people said it was embarrassing actually yeah. that we were on uh, we were competing wearing the Irish jersey. And obviously that hurt, but you have to think that was literally first or second team pursuit we'd ever done. So you kind of have to push that to the side. Know that you're working towards another goal that's in the future of the project was always for Paris. So for the last five or so years, we've been working on that. So I think it was just to get that medal was to prove those people wrong as much as it was for yourself and for the ultimate goal. So yeah, Yeah. it was pretty special. (laughs) Yeah, it was good justification of like how hard we'd worked and we we built from absolutely nothing from mm-hmm. ground zero from from being like embarrassing to holding a European medal yeah so it's cool and the fact that we don't have the facilities here for track cycling we don't have a velodrome you know it's massive to be on the world stage and to be finishing so high up in the rankings um both with your top five in Poland and bronze medal talk to me about bad days We're full of estrogen, we're full of progesterone, we're full of PMT or PMS or whatever else we have as the days go on. How do you deal with your hormones on race day, on training days, when you have a bad day? It's not always the easiest thing to go out and do when your menstrual cycle is playing havoc with your head as well as the rest of your body. Lots of women listening in will want to know answers to how you deal with it on a professional level and how you don't let it affect you when you're going about your racing uh, and your training. This will be something that I'm I'm really in tune with and I'd be really regular on my cycle. So I know I know like when ovulation is and when when I'm going to be feeling good and when I'm going to be feeling not as good. I think you just have to have the mindset that you know there's there's people that have won Olympic medals at any any stage of their cycle mm-hmm. and you just need to be mentally strong in your head that if you're not feeling good you're you still got to do it yeah so. <laughs> your training's still there in your yeah. legs so you will be able to produce it but yeah I guess that's easier said it's said easier than said than done and like sometimes that's that's hard but you have no choice you're you can mm. land on the on a bad day on your cycle on a big race and if you train and you get used to training even on those bad days then when it comes around and you land on a bad day then you just have to you just have to get on with it and I know some people have have really bad pain as well so it's not it's not always simple yeah so if you were men I wouldn't be asking you the same question we're we're female athletes and these are things that um, are a natural occurrence in our lives until we hit a little bit of an, an older stage in terms of boosting each other up when you're feeling down, is there anything, Mia, that you would do if Alice is in a bad mood? Is there anything you would do to kind of boost her or make her laugh or Alice vice versa with Mia? Or, you know, is there things that you would do for each other if you know somebody is just not having a good day? Yeah, I think just like simple things. Like if you know somebody's having a bad day, you just maybe bring their bike down from the track for them or something or just yeah. like help them out in some way like pump their t- like Alice would be pumping my tires or whatever when I'm like I don't know stressing out about something <laughs> yeah and and maybe we do a lot of things together 
as a, a whole team and sometimes people want to just be left alone and maybe want to ride with their headphones on and don't take that as a like oh they don't want to hang out with me yeah. like they just need a bit of time so yeah I guess just leave them off <laughs> that was going to be my next question like yeah how do you how do you break the bond that like oh it's me and Alice Alice and Mia and suddenly Mia's off on the track on her own or Alice is on the track of her own and they had a fight oh no Mia just wants to listen to a cool podcast called Try Talking Sports yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah I guess no we're all pretty chill we know each other very well so I guess it get, becomes like siblings doesn't it you can say something to them and a minute later everyone will have forgotten about it <laughs> yeah because because me Kelly and Alice would be in the house together as well so yeah we, we live know, together as well we know when each other are in a bad mood as well and you're like <laughs> do you not kill each other Sake. No, we actually don't. Sake. This year we all went to, on holiday together on our off season as well. We yeah. can't get enough of each other. We saw so, the so, other girls in the well. house. Is there like a, a washing up rota? Is who does the hoovering? Who tidies up? Does the washing? Who does the cooking? We're actually you know? just pretty chill, aren't we? We, we just... are. But Kelly is the bin man. Oh yeah, Kelly's like our maintenance man. Actually, <laughs> Kelly's the maintenance DIY. Woman. The DIY. Oh yeah, I say Alice is like a good cook. Yeah, and I just like help out. Yeah, me as the assistant to all of this. <laughs> She's the, I'm the assistant cooking cleaner. <laughs> She's yeah. the director, the director of operations. Really, she's overseeing yeah. everything, making sure you're all doing the jobs. Yeah, yeah exactly. so in a regular household, when you're renting or when you're sharing together with friends or our buddies or whatever, there can be pressure points over stop leaving your dishes in the sink so how does that transfer out to you know we're professionals as well racing together I can't be cross with her for not washing up her Weetabix bowl after breakfast you know yeah I suppose like yeah sometimes things just like if you wanted to go to bed at a certain time I think we just all have a, a general understanding of like what time that is and yeah to be considerate of just, one another just yeah be considerate. yeah because things like that would in, when you're living together for so long they definitely would trigger you trigger you yeah. <laughs> that's the word yeah, sure. um let's move away from triggering in the household and let's talk about some of the highlights that you have both experienced either as individual riders or in a team when you look back at what you've achieved so far give me maybe one highlight each and maybe one thing that you're most proud of I think I'm very proud of all the things we've done in the team pursuit um definitely and I think it's just really nice to be able to share that with the group like it's it's a very special feeling to have achieved something all together but then also I was very proud to become the national champion that was back in 2019 on the road like that was really special I kind of messed up the race the year before that and yeah I really wanted to come back and kind of prove myself and especially I'd been picked for worlds and things before that and I felt like I needed to prove why I'd been picked for those races and show why I was racing in Europe and stuff so yeah that was very special for me, obviously, our medal at Euros was so was so so special, and that's one of one of my highlights. And also, um, one that was really special for me was was my first medal internationally, which was my under twenty three Euro Euros medal in the IP. I think because it was the it was like the first time I was I was seeing oh like I'm. I can do good results with this and like I'd worked so hard for that that it was just like such such a good day really and it was an achievement like away from the team I think that's all so special because sometimes we all get clumped in as the same person like it's just four people in the same helmet so to it's important to achieve things separately from the team as well to have your own identity and 
yeah. yeah feel proud of what else you can do and then you can bring that to the team yeah because yeah. if you can have some evidence that you can do it on your own then you can bring that to the team and everyone has their has their evidence and then they can bring and that together and yeah the confidence yeah. of the team rises I've asked you about your highlights and what you're most proud of and and I'm sure there are plenty of days where there are not highlights or that there are disappointments um so how do you deal with those and how do you pick yourself back up from a disappointing day on the bike, whether that's a crash or a result that didn't go your way or something silly that might have happened that was beyond your control or within your control? How do you pick yourself up, whether you've crossed the finish line or not, on the day to be ready to go again the next day and the next yeah. day and the next day? Because yeah, you don't I, get a break. You have to keep going. This is your job. Yeah, it, that and that can be very difficult sometimes. And I think it's important to have people who you can talk to who love you and support you for not being an athlete so maybe you call home and they still love you even though you haven't won the bike race and they remind you that it isn't the end of the world I think that's super important especially for me like cycling is so consuming that it's easy to like lose any other sort of identity like we're away from home almost all of the time so it's yeah important to have that base at home that keeps you like grounded and reminds you that there's more to life <laughs> is it difficult being away from home yeah yeah definitely sure. yeah I think we kind of go into kind of a hard shell and you kind of or I definitely try and I don't even really think about being at home like I'm just like this is what I'm doing and I'm here doing this but then when I go home I'm like oh I've really missed this I was so yeah, nice I to be in my so bed nice. I love my family but um yeah I guess it's just part of the job and I mean, it sounds silly because we get to spend so much time in Mallorca and people would kill to do that. And it's the most beautiful place. But then also we are there to work. We aren't there on holiday. So to be honest, we don't really see the island. We go to the track or we go and do our road. We, the only other thing we do is go to Orozco, which is the supermarket, and then we're sleeping or eating. So yeah, <laughs> we're probably not living the life yeah, I that think... people think. <laughs> I think we kind of have a bit of a monk lifestyle, but yeah, little hermits. <laughs> I think we've a little, we've embraced that. I suppose when we're when we're abroad, obviously it's hard. But I think we have each other as well. And mm-hmm. I think if we didn't have each other, it would be a lot harder. Mm-hmm. And uh, Ria, do you miss the camogie? Sometimes, sometimes, <laughs> yeah. Like I really, I think in a few years, I'd love to just go back and just try it out again and be like. I don't know I think I'd I'd get broken up I'd say because <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't have the same um I probably wouldn't have the same like base of like strength or anything I'd probably be thrown around the place but, but you'd um, probably have more of the I'm going to say the killer instinct but I'm going to say it probably have more of the the drive maybe and the passion that's been instilled in you in cycling as well like the you almost have to have, I, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is. I think you just fight, the don't lack you? Of fear, you know? The lack of yeah. fear. Like you wouldn't have any fear to tackle for a ball or to catch a ball yeah. or a slitter. Or... I think that was never my problem. Was never your issue anyway. Mia <laughs> already rides a bike with no fear. She doesn't. <laughs> yeah, I suppose that's true. Okay, we'll stop that. That was already my problem. I was, <laughs> I was a bit bad for that on the on the page <laughs> <laughs> um you mentioned there that you live the lives of, of a hermit or a monk and you don't really get to enjoy uh Mallorca or the um the beautiful landscape when you're over there so what do you do for downtime when you're not cycling or thinking about cycling or cycling to cycling uh what are you doing say we watch way too much Netflix <laughs> and scroll through Instagram way too much <laughs> 
uh, sitting yeah. around drinking coffee and gossiping. Yeah. <laughs> no, Mia's very good and she's studying now. So Yeah, which sometimes it's it's like it's hard to do when you're tired. Um, I just make myself do it sometimes because, yeah, I find it good to have something else when I because all the other girls are educated fully so and um I came to cycling just when I was done my leaving cert so I never got the chance to go to college so I'm doing it remotely now um I'm even more impressed with you now that I hear all this (laughs) that you're trying to balance cycling full-time and studying as well on top of it yeah but I think I don't know for me when I started it actually it kind of lifted weight off my shoulders because as soon as I started I just felt way more relaxed because I just had that worry all the time that like I was going to just cycle and then I was going to retire from cycling and then I'd have absolutely nothing yeah and the girls were already like Alice has her degree and so does Kelly and yeah so So what are you studying um I'm studying strength conditioning now so it's very relevant to the role that you're playing at the moment as well which is good yeah yeah it is and then maybe I'll be able to go back and I'll be able to work with hurling teams and stuff as well <laughs> or a future, cycling, <laughs> a future cycling team in Ireland as well yeah exactly exactly yeah. I mentioned at the start of the podcast that it is uh, International Women's Day this week and it's also Women in Sport Week in Ireland so what I'd love to know from you ladies is either from at home or abroad who's been the most inspirational female in your life and it can be anyone. It can be a relative. It can be a friend. It can be a coach. It can be a colleague. It can be anyone at all. I think this sounds very cheesy, but I'm always really inspired by the other girls on our team pursuit team. I think we've all seen each other go through the worst and the best days. So, yeah, I think I'm inspired by watching everybody else's journey and I think, you know, when you work so closely with somebody, it makes everything seem more achievable. Like I've watched Mia basically not really know how to ride a bike. And then, like she said, win her medal. Uh, Like I was so proud of her that day to be able to go and like, yeah, show the world that she was able to do that. So, yeah, very cheesy. But I think the other girls that I ride with. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'd agree with that because I think it's really nice to see Alice and the girls do well and just be so happy for them and just yeah that just brings brings joy and I think we have that in our team and that's I think very rare yeah I agree actually and I think that's one of our strengths isn't it that we're genuinely happy for each other to do well and if somebody listening wants to follow in your footsteps or somebody listening has a daughter who wants to follow in your footsteps what advice would you give them I guess the usual thing where you need to love the thing that you're doing. Um, I'm always really grateful to my parents for uh, always allowing me to do whatever sport I wanted to do. And I did a lot of sports as I was growing up, but they never pushed me. Like, actually, I used to ride myself to swimming, which was at half five in the morning. They never drove me. So, but (laughs) that sounds mean, but I'm grateful that it had to come from within me like I had to make myself go um so I guess yeah just give your children the opportunity but don't be that pushy parent um and then for getting into track cycling I guess people always think it's kind of a closed shop but to be attending those c1s and c2s that we were talking about earlier uh that's like the route to get in and get international experience and just kind of say yes to every opportunity I think Mm -hmm. Mia you're nodding your head do you want to add anything to that yeah I think it's just don't be afraid to leave Ireland yeah yeah just 
get to Europe just get I know Ireland's in Europe um, <laughs> Main get, to Europe. Get, over to, get over to Belgium get over to France go over to Spain just get out get out of Ireland and race yeah brilliant yeah. well thank you so much for being guests on the show I really enjoyed the podcast episode I actually think we could have talked for another hour and a half uh, so we might have to come back and have another chat before Paris after Paris we might have to go to Paris anyway to do the interview. So thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. You're a breath of fresh air, totally inspirational. I think you're amazing at what you're doing and um, keep it up and the very best of luck with the season ahead, both on the road and on the track. Thank you. Thanks so much, Joanne. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this episode. You can get in touch with any feedback or guest suggestions by emailing me on trytalkingsport at gmail.com. You can follow all of our activities and podcasts on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn and Instagram. Pop by, say hi, let me know what you think of the show. And if you are new to Try Talking Sport, please do check out some of our previous episodes. You will be both impressed and inspired by our guests. Finally, now that we've launched the new website, be sure to sign up to our new e-zine as well, featuring articles of interest, some great discounts and the inside track on supporting your triathlon and endurance sport journey, wherever it may take you. Sign up on www.trytalkingsport.com. It takes 30 seconds and I promise I won't bombard your inbox with emails. Just the good stuff. Until next time, stay safe, keep smiling and remember to look for fun and adventure in every day. Bye.